the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is made possible through the sponsorship of the Word of Life Bible Fellowship and through the generous giving of faithful donors like you. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, you can visit us at awordforlife.com. Welcome to A Word for Life. A Word for Life is the radio ministry of the Word of Life Bible Fellowship, located in Tacoma, Washington. And now, here's Pastor Michael Fields with A Word for Life. As we understand this, as we better understand this reality, it helps us to better understand the wisdom that the wisdom writer tried to encourage us and express to us when he spoke to us in the book of Proverbs, the fourth chapter. Because in Proverbs, the fourth chapter, the wisdom writer, he tries to help us by sharing something with us and cautioning about it, cautioning us about something. Proverbs, the fourth chapter, there was, notice what the wisdom writer says there in verse 23. He says, keep or guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Guard your hearts. Guard your heart. Your heart means, your heart, dear ones, meaning your emotions, your mind, and your will. Guard them. We guard our furniture, we guard our jewelry, we guard our cars. We have those sticks that we put in our cars to make sure nobody takes them. We guard those things. Why is it we're so easily and carefree with our hearts? Why is it we're so easy and carefree with our, with our minds? We just kind of let just come in whatever comes in and just kind of let it stay however long it wants to stay and do whatever it wants to do to our emotions and our will. We just kind of let it stay there. We don't really pay attention to it. It's just a thought. It's, it's nothing more than a thought. It's just, I'm just thinking about it. I'm not, I ain't saying I'm going to do it. I'm just thinking about it. The problem is you're thinking about it too much. The problem is it's staying too long. The problem is it's taking root. The problem is it's beginning to formulate plans and activities and schemes and devices. The problem is it's taking hold. And all the thought needs is time and opportunity. And you have a problem. Y'all never heard Judas talked about like this before. You just say Judas is a bad man and just moved on. No, 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 no. There's more to this thing. There's more to the story of how Judas became the betrayer. And so, and so, dear ones, we, we want to look closer 
at Judas. And what happened? How did this man end up in this position? And so we want to move into this whole issue of Judas betraying Jesus a little bit more. Because I want for us to begin to see some of the underlying things that were there that I believe led up to and resulted in Judas becoming the betrayer of the Lord Jesus. Now, dear ones, there are some things that we could speculate about. And there, there are people that write books about this. And they, they speculate a lot of, about what Judas, what his motivations were. And the Word of God does not tell us explicitly why Judas did what he did. It does not tell us explicitly. But, dear ones, there are some things that the Scriptures do hold. And some things that the Scriptures do lay out for us. And as we just look at what the Bible gives to us. That is more than enough for us to ponder over and think about. Dear ones, turn with me in your Bibles to the book of John, the 12th chapter. Because John, the 12th chapter, says something to us. I'm going to read the first eight verses. John, the 12th chapter, it says, Then Jesus, six days before the Passover... Now. Prior to this, in, 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 in John the 13th chapter, or the 12th chapter, John, no, no, Matthew the 26th chapter, I'm sorry. Prior to this, in Matthew the 26th chapter, Jesus says two days before, before that time. The Feast of Passover is in two days. But here we have something happening six days before the Feast of Passover. So four days prior to what Jesus says about the Son of Man being betrayed. This happens four days prior to that. Lord have mercy, I'm just trying to give you all the, uh, some, the chronology of events. So four, six days before Jesus, or four days before Jesus says, in two days, I'm going to be betrayed. In two, right now, somebody's betrayed me already in their heart. Four days prior to that, this event happens that John tells us about in John the 12th chapter. He says, then six days before the Passover came to Bethany. Jesus came to Bethany six days before the Passover where Lazarus was which had been dead whom he raised from the dead there they made him a supper and Martha served but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard very costly and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair and the house was filled with the odor of the ointment then said one of his disciples Judas Iscariot Simon's son which should betray him why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bare what was put therein. Then said Jesus, let her alone. Against the day of my bearing has she kept this. For the poor always you have with you, but me you have not always. Now, dear ones, as we read what we're told here, there are several things that we want to take note of. This is describing for us a time where Jesus is at a feast and, he, and is anointed with oil by Mary, who was the sister of Lazarus. And so Jesus is anointed with oil by Mary, who is the sister of Lazarus and also the sister of Martha. Now, as you look at the corollary description of this story, dear ones, that is given to us in Mark, the 14th chapter, verses 1 through 9, there are several things that begin to appear to us that we want to take note of. One thing is that this feast is being held in the house of someone who we are told was known as Simon the leper, who was 
And the scripture says here in John, the 12th chapter, that this is Judas's dad because it says it is Simon's son. And so he's known as Simon the leper more than likely because this was an individual who, who had leprosy in the past and had either been cured or healed of that leprosy. And so he had the nickname of Simon the leper because if he was currently a leper, they couldn't be in his house. So it was obviously something that had passed. Something in, in the past he, was, he had suffered from. But another thing that we want to take note of, dear ones, is we're told that this feast, at this feast, Martha was serving. And Lazarus was sitting at the table with Jesus. And because this feast is being held directly after, Jesus has raised Lazarus from the dead. Because in John the 11th chapter, Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. In John the 12th chapter, they're having a feast and Jesus is there and Lazarus is sitting at the table at like, like he's the guest of honor. So more than likely, this is a celebration dinner that they're having for Jesus and for Lazarus. That's why Martha is serving. Still another thing that we want to take note of, dear ones, is that in both Mark's account of this story and in John's account of it, we are told that there were some people there that took offense to this anointing that Jesus received that, Martha, that Mary did because they felt that the oil that was used could have been used for other purposes. It's, the scripture says here in John the 12th chapter that they took offense. Because they felt that the oil should have been used, sold, and the money given to the poor. But in John's account that we're given here in John, the 12th chapter, he identifies Judas as being the primary person that objected to this. And that he was the one who was leading the objections of the others. So it wasn't, all the other disciples said, yeah, we agree. But Judas was the one that brought the whole issue up. Why was this oil not sold and given to the poor? The money given to the poor. Now, dear ones, it is here that I would like to suggest... But let me, one last thing, then we'll move on. One last thing, because as you look at Mark's account of it and John's account of it, in both accounts, dear ones, the Lord Jesus tells his disciples, let her alone or leave her alone. And so there is a sharp reprimand that the Lord gives to them for criticizing Mary for what she's doing and for being critical of her and her actions. The Lord tells all of them, leave her alone. Let her alone. Stop being critical of her. Stop criticizing her for what she's doing. And there was at this point, I would like to submit to all of you the first reason or the first uh, 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 underlying issue that I believe contributed to the betrayal of Jesus by Judas. And the first issue that I would like to suggest to all of you that led up to that fateful event had to do with unresolved offenses that took place. Unresolved offenses that took place. Dear ones, I would like to submit to all of you that Judas got offended by what Jesus said. And by reprimanding them for criticizing what Mary was doing. Because in criticizing all of them, because Judas was the primary person leading the, leading the criticism, in criticizing all of them, Jesus, and reprimanding all of them, Jesus really is reprimanding Judas. Let her alone. Judas, let her alone. And Judas got offended by what the Lord did. Judas got offended. 
by, his, by what the Lord said to him. Unresolved offenses. And so an offense occurs. And it is this unresolved offense that Judas has towards Jesus. Here we go. Now I want everybody to hear me. It is this unresolved offense that Judas has toward Jesus that causes Judas to begin to see and view Jesus in a different way. The unresolved offense causes Judas to start seeing Jesus in a different way. We will get back to Pastor Fields and to today's message in just a moment. But we wanted to take a moment to share with all of you that the aim of our radio ministry at the Word of Life Bible Fellowship is to share the good news of Jesus Christ with as many people as possible and to strengthen and edify the body of Christ through Bible teaching that is both clear and relevant. We would like to see this ministry go even farther in accomplishing this work, but in order for us to be able to do that, we need your help. If you are able, after you have given to the support of your own local home church, if you are able to help us with the cost of airing this program on the station, we would greatly appreciate it. All donations are tax deductible, and they can be sent to the Word of Life Bible Fellowship, P.O. Box 8903, Tacoma, Washington, 98418. And if you would like to learn more about our ministry and be able to listen to some of the archived messages from Pastor Fields, you can do so by visiting us at our website, which is awordforlife.com. And now, let's get back to Pastor Fields and to today's message. And so, an offense occurs... And it is this unresolved offense that Judas has towards Jesus. Here we go. Now I want everybody to hear me. It is this unresolved offense that Judas has toward Jesus that causes Judas to begin to see and view Jesus in a different way. The unresolved offense causes Judas to start seeing Jesus in a different way. I don't see him the same as I used to. It began to cause Judas to have a change in his heart and in his mind toward Jesus. And it began to to cause Judas to begin to take note of other things that he did not agree with concerning Jesus and how he was doing things. I'm starting to see other issues. I'm starting to see other problems that I have with you because of the unresolved offense and dear ones this is exactly what unresolved offenses and unresolved conflicts that we have with others can do to us this is exactly what they do they can cause us to begin to see other people in a different light than we had seen them in before and that different light is usually negative I'm seeing you differently. This unresolved offense, I'm seeing you differently. And the light that you're now in, the spotlight that's on you right now, is causing me to see you in a negative way. I'm seeing negative things about you. I'm pondering 
negative things about you. I'm formulating and mulling over uncomplimentary things about you. Dear ones, unresolved offenses, they can cause us to start to take note of other things that we object and find objectionable about that other person. And so now our laundry list of negative attributes that that person has, it was at just when, it's, when, when the list started, it was just one or two things, but now the list has grown to 10 or 12 or 15. Negative attributes. It used to be I saw all of your positive traits. But now all I can see is your negative traits. Unresolved offenses. She used to be sugar booger. He used to be lovey-dovey. He, he, they, he, he, used to, he used to talk about, oh, I just love this person. I just love that person. But now all you can see is the problems with that other person. All you can see is the issues with that other person. All you can see is the things that irritate you and that frustrate you and that madden you and that get on your nerves. That's all you can see. Because there's an unresolved offense that's shining a negative light on them. Lord have mercy. Dear ones, unresolved offenses, they can cause us to start to think about and ponder over things that we could do in order to repay that person in some way for the offense that has happened between us. I could do this. I could do that. I, did, I don't have to do these things. I could do these other things and that wouldn't work out good for you. I could take steps to repay you. And so there was the first suggestion that I would like to submit to all of you as to how Judas became the betrayer of Jesus. How Judas got this, this historic title of becoming the betrayer of the Lord. All started because an offense happened and he never addressed it. I'm going to utilize the preacher's best help. Silence. Because I want you to think about it. I want you to think about it. I want you to ponder it over. And begin to think, are these unresolved things that I have in my heart? Is it doing something to me more than what I think it is? Is it leading me down a path that possibly I could end up having that type of reputation also? Is it, is it, is it doing something in my heart that, 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 that others will, will hear about and see and, and it will be historic, but not in a good way? When people think of me, they won't think positive things. When people see me, good things won't come to their mind. When people hear about me, they won't smile because it's a pleasing thought. Is this unresolved issue that I have really doing a number on me more than what I had anticipated? Judas has become historic, but it all started with an offense that was never addressed, with an offense that was never handled correctly. 
now, now, now. I don't want to leave us there. Our time is getting ready to go. And I, I still have two other things to get to. I'm not going to get to them today. Don't worry about it. Take a breath. Okay, just breathe, just breathe easy. You're going to deal with them today. Lord, as I said, it's good because I'm, I'm struggling right now with the first one. I'm, it's, it's heavy. It's, it's weighing on me now because I'm starting to see all these other issues in my life that I just said, Lord, forgive them. Forgive me. I'm sorry. Please say that. And I just brushed over it. But in reality, I shouldn't maybe brushed over it. Maybe I should have dealt with it. Maybe I shouldn't have just brushed over it like it was no big deal. And because I failed to realize what it was really doing to my heart, doing to my soul, doing within my spirit. Now the antidote, the antidote, let me give the antidote, the remedy, the cure for unresolved conflict, unresolved offenses. It's given to us in the scriptures. There's an antidote, there's a remedy, there is a cure. And it's given to us, the ones in the book of Ephesians. So everybody turn to the book of Ephesians real quickly. Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Notice what Paul says there. He says the remedy, the antidote is given to us. In Ephesians, the fourth chapter, verses 31 and 32, it says, Paul says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Forgiving one another. See, now it would be it would it would be it would be easy if Paul just stopped there. But Paul, Paul, in his in his in his 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 studiousness, Paul, in his in his insightfulness, he says, "I can't just stop there. I can't leave it like that. Forgiving one another because that's simple. It's too easy. Because then we can just brush it off. Yeah. I forgave him. Yeah. I forgave him." I, I told him I forgive you. And I asked him, you forgive me? I, I, we, I just, we, it's brushed off. It wasn't, no, no, we got to push this thing a little bit farther. Because you need to forgive them in the same way that God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. In other words, in the same way that God has forgiven you because Jesus has asked him to. In the same way. That God has forgiven you because Jesus is on the right hand of the Father saying, Father, please forgive them. Father, please forgive them for that sin. Forgive them for their words. Forgive them for their actions. Forgive them for their attitudes. Forgive them for their behavior. Forgive them for their foolishness. Forgive them for their anger. Forgive them for, their, for the things that they're doing to others. Forgive them. Jesus is interceding right now for each and every one of us. And we ought to thank God every day and every night that Jesus has not stopped praying for you. He's still praying for you. And God is still forgiving you. Because Jesus is asking him to. In the same way that God forgives us. Because Jesus is asking him to. We are to forgive others because God is asking you to. God is asking you to forgive them. God is asking you to do, I'm asking you to do the same thing that my son is asking me to do for you. My son is asking me to do this for you. 
I'm asking you to do this for me. Why? How? What, what do you do? We, 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 get, we get excited when the president asks us to do something. We get excited when the governor writes you a letter and says, I've invited you to this. Could you do this for me? We, 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 we get excited. We get all, oh, the, the, I got a letter from the governor. I got a letter from the mayor. I got a letter from the president. Because, and they're asking me to do something. Why are you not excited? Why are you having such a hard time when the king of glory is asking you to do something. Why are you struggling so much with this? Forgive as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. Hello, dear ones. This is Pastor Michael Fields. And here at the end of today's broadcast, I just wanted to take a moment and say thank you to all of you for taking the time out of your day to tune in and listen to our program. My hope is that today's broadcast has been a blessing to you in some way and has helped you in your walk and in your relationship with the Lord. And I want to encourage all of you to tell a friend about this program and join us here next time as we look into the riches of God's Word in order to find a word for life. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.